Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Tuesday, January 17th. This is episode number 182. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Going good, Rod. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, no complaints. I mean, uh, getting near the middle of January. I guess we're past the middle of January. <laughs> yeah. And it was, we almost hit 60 today. So, you know, wow. this time of year, um, aside from looking at the football calendar and all that, you know, I'm just kind of looking for as many nice weather days as possible. You know, just figuring the less snow we get, the better. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So uh, hopefully it's so, one another one of those winters that never happens. Um, works for me. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Big fan of global warming. Yeah, definitely. Not, so, not a fan of pollution, but I'm a big fan of global warming. <laughs> yeah, really, really. So we're going to bring in our guest and and Jeff. This I think this is one of our most highly anticipated episodes in a while. I just got to say, gotta be. because gotta we be. we have with us um, the one and only Brown Spider. Uh, for an adventure tonight, you can follow him at Brown Spider uh, Cle C L E um, Spider. How you doing? Very good, very good. And uh, I'd like to say that I'm also uh, a big fan of uh, global warming and this uh, non-winter that we're having. However, <laughs> I did spend seven hundred bucks on a snowmobile, not a snowmobile, a snow blower. Yeah, last winter, right after the last big snow and it hasn't snowed enough since then for me to use it so uh, well, you know what I, I would works out. spider I would, I would put those under the category of umbrellas and life insurance you know uh, two right. things that it's okay to have but you're, you're you're good if you don't use them yeah yeah he's <laughs> listening he would have gone with the 200 model there right now right oh, no. <laughs> i don't know if that exists as i bought it off the street corner yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we, we thank you because if you hadn't purchased that that snowblower, God only knows how much snow we have by now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm bad luck. It's me that's doing this to the rounds. If only it were that simple to fix. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're thrilled to have you with us, right? Um, we finally caught up with you back on Halloween um, yeah. at the uh, at the tailgate, and um, it, it was great. To, it was great to meet you and hang out with you for a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's just uh, really cool to to meet up with people that you've talked to and stuff. You know, on Twitter. So uh, it was great to meet you and great to talk to you tonight. So we appreciate you coming on. Um, we're going to, uh, you know, I had this this blitz beverages segment plan but i'm the only one drinking tonight so i'm just going to tell everybody that the the red hook imperial ipa uh won the vote on twitter by a narrow margin so that's what i'm drinking tonight Uh, apparently um, it's not available everywhere so that's why a few people voted for it um tastes like an imperial ipa i've only had a couple drinks of it and um tastes pretty good to me so i'm gonna leave it at that and we're gonna move on guys so that'll yes. that'll do it for that segment. Ta-da! Um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to move on to uh, we're going to move on to when they vote it for your uh, when they vote for your beard, then you have to go out and find it. I I actually took a picture of three beers 
and I posted it and I said, which one of these should I drink? And, um, yeah, one of the other beers got two votes and this got three, um, that, you know, I was thinking I was going to have more time. I mean, people were probably still voting. So, um, Rod, um, Spider may not be familiar with your infamous beer. With my beer fridge? Yeah, um, yeah. That would be something interesting is if people could just name a beer and I would have to go out and try to f- see if I could find it in my refrigerator. Well, I'm big <laughs> beer fridge. The odds are good. It's a, good. it's a, I mean, it's a full size refrigerator and it's pretty well full of beer. Wow. So it, <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of beer and I, and, it has a lot of different kinds of beer in it. So I so I buy variety packs and yeah, and well, you know, I, I just I like I like having a variety on hand. Let's put sure. it that way. So and Yeah, and, and and most of them are pretty snobby, to be honest, Spider. No, yeah. Either my, my brother is, is a is a true beer snob. Oh, well, okay. I have a few mech ultras <laughs> in there and stuff, so it's not not <laughs> totally snobby. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You only put those in there for me. You know, no, I, down, I, you're no I drink the, uh, Bud Light drinkers. <laughs> at the stadium. When well, I do the Bud Light can. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I got to say, there's brother, no Bud Light out there. <laughs> right. There you go. We were at uh, my brother and uh, he went and I don't know if somebody gave him a Bud Light or how it happened, but he was like, oh. I can't drink this pissed water. <laughs> when I got something more upscale. So right. I understand your snobbery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and once you once you drink the good stuff, it's kinda hard to go back to the to the other stuff. Just kinda how it is. So so yeah. Um but yeah, I like a variety and part of it came about from doing the podcast and buying, you know, buying a a couple of sixes to try a beer on the, on the podcast. And then I got yeah. the other ones left over. So, um, it just kind of happened, just kind of happened over the years. And then I have a habit of, I, I drink some of it and then I fill it back up before I can really get the supply down. So it's just, it's usually pretty full. <laughs> you need some help. Um, usually that usually help doesn't put a gigantic dent into it. Cause there's, there's a lot of beers out there. So, um, but yeah, helps, helps not, not, uh, um, I, I never mind having help. I'm always happy to share. So, yeah. There you go. But problem is I live down in Dayton and there's not, not a whole ton of people down here. There, there's a few, but not, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of Browns fans in that down here. So, uh, so yeah. people that know about the fridge via Twitter, a lot of them aren't very close to me. So, gotcha. so, um, so we're going to move on to the segment, uh, Spider, where we let you talk about your about your Browns journey, your Browns fandom, and sure. you are not the average fan, man. You you are uh, like um, like a you know, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to say the superhero thing. You are like just like a. Uh, I mean, you're a bigger fan than most people because you. I mean, you travel to a ton of games and. Um, you're somebody who obviously stands out because of the way you dress the games and everything. So, um, like, you know, we, we just love to hear not only how your fandom came to be and everything, but kind of how your, maybe, maybe how, uh, how your, uh, character came to be, how you chose that and, um, whatever else you want to share with us. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> well, 
70s. I started watching football. I'm um, 55. And uh, I was really kind of not a, a sports guy in, in general. You know, I was uh, kind of a house nerd. You know, wasn't a lot for nerds to do back then. You watch TV, you know, that's about it. And you only had three, five, and eight, you know, your local channels, basically. But, you know, everybody, there's a park across the street from our house, and it's like, okay, we need to play, we want to play football, everybody in the neighborhood. And I'm just sitting in the house watching TV, and my brother would come get me, hey, we need another one, come on, play football. So, you know, we play football on the street. I mean, not in the street, but in the park. And we also had in our neighborhood an electric football league. If you guys remember electric football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who's not old enough to remember electric football, it's a, it's a football field and it's got a, for lack of a better word, a vibrator on it. <laughs> and uh, you put them in on it and they got little bases and then they vibrate. And if you're, you know, you're running back or whatever, vibrates forward enough. You get, you know, just, uh, you have to look up a video. Anyway, we had a league years in our neighborhood. So at this point, I'm not Browns fan per se. You know, everybody in the neighborhood's Browns fans. But uh, my team was the Dolphins in the, in the Electric Football League. So I was a Dolphins fan for a little bit, you know, Greasy and uh, Nat Moore and you know, some of these other guys, Zonka and whatnot. And mm-hmm. uh, those were some of the iconic teams. Um, about the time of uh, the site versus uh, Mike Phipps controversy is, that's like the first quarterback controversy I remember. Older kids in the neighborhood, who, who do you think, site or Phipps? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, one from the other. But, you know, you move forward a little bit and – uh the cardiac kids thing in 79, 80. Um, and I want to say my first first game I actually went to, you know, my, my parents had divorced and my dad was living out in Cali and he'd come back to town periodically and he took us to a Browns Dolphins game. Um, and we won in overtime. <laughs> it was uh, um, Sype to Reggie Rucker. You know, for six, and does, uh, does this world get any smaller, Rod? I, it doesn't. That, that was the <laughs> that was the first game. Well, that, go ahead. That that was the first game that that was the first game you were at too, right, Jeff? Well, our dad took us to that game. We yeah. were at that game. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We were <laughs> we were actually sitting in in the bleachers, which that was before there was a dog pound. Um, but yeah, that was the first game that Rod and I went to, also. These were still cheap and rowdy. Um, (laughs) Well, we couldn't afford those expensive box seats. No. no. (laughs) I I, I don't remember where we were sitting, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, and that was back in the day when we had the baseball diamond was still there. But I remember, um, if I was 12, I remember going home and watching the 11 o'clock news. Rucker said, well, I couldn't see the ball, but I heard the fans cheer, so I knew it was in the air. Caught it over the shoulder. And I remember thinking in my 12-year-old mind, wow, I had something to do with them winning. <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> you know, we cheered. 
and, and you know, the, the hype of the cardiac kids. And I just, you know, got caught up with it. And from then on, you know, I'm every Sunday, like everybody else, you know, watching or listening on the radio, you know, back when they used to have blackouts and all of that, if they didn't sell out by a certain time. But, you know, and it just went from there. And then the Kosar era, um, 85, I left Cleveland and went down to North Carolina uh, for college. And uh, that's around the beginning of the, the Kosar era. And so we went through all that heartbreak, but I was a long distance fan. And I, I think sometimes uh, being a, a Browns fan and being from Cleveland and living somewhere else, this kind of, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder sort of thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so I just, I just get the plane dealer mailed to me at my college dorm. It'd be like three days late, mm-hmm. uh, three, four days late, but just to be able to read because in North Carolina, they didn't even have a NFL team at that time. You know, the Panthers were, you know, like a decade later, at least. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, um, Distance fan for a long time back in Cleveland in 2005. And at this point, the internet had been invented. In fact, uh, in 99, when the team came back, the team left, and I didn't watch football during that whole time because what's the use? There's no Browns. I don't even remember the Super Bowls from back then. But I remember living in a small town in North Carolina, listening to the radio, and them talking about football. And uh, I said, wait a minute, the Browns are back this year, you know. Well, maybe I can get it on the Internet. So I actually watched the Tim Couch press conference on the Internet, which blew my mind because, you know, that was wasn't just an assumed sort of thing back then. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, Browns were back, and I was back in it. I, I, was, I had a job selling TVs, and they had Sunday ticket. So I got to see a lot of those games. Um, and, you know, fast forward to 05, moved back to Cleveland. Uh, under not the best circumstances, it was kind of a financial crisis. But my middle son is the real sports fan. He's uh, at Son of Spider on uh, on Twitter. And uh, I remember driving, you know, driving into town and we decided to get off downtown when we were coming back. And I, he saw the stadium and it's like he saw the man. I was like, wow, there it is. You know, because <laughs> you don't see the games all the time if you're living out of, you know, out of state, especially back then. So it's like, just Monday night or Thursday night, maybe we'd be able to see a game on TV, you know. And hmm. um, but I didn't start going to games. Uh, broken, raising three kids uh, by myself, three sons. So I ended up uh, going to nursing school and uh, graduating in '07. And I'm raising kids, and I really, again, wasn't going to. Um, Games really, and you know, uh, I got remarried, and uh, you know, my wife bought a ticket, you know, bought some tickets for us one game. I really started going in 2016, 2017, um, during uh, one and 31, and really the uh, the impetus was uh, kind of twofold. 
one, tickets were so cheap. You know, they were six dollars. Um, yeah. And there's also a thing where, uh, you know, during that uh, time, and I think they still have it. They have something called Brown's Academic Access, and they gave give away fifth, uh, fifty pairs of tickets for every home game. Um, and so I started getting those too. If if you're a college student, I wasn't a college student at the time, but I did have a college ID, so I would get. And and they give you twenty bucks in coupons called Brown Browns bucks that you can spend anywhere in the stadium. I literally saved eighty dollars in these coupons and bought a jacket from the team shop. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and like literally, you would have to go to Discount Drug Mart, and I would go and I go back the next day, and they're still tickets, and they they wouldn't check to see if I got them yet. So. One game I had like uh like eight tickets and could not give them away, mm. but it was you know that was what it was at the time you know. But I started going. I think I went to about nine games, um, over that you know two year span, mm-hmm. um, and you know all home games. Uh, the 0 and 16 season that was uh, Kaiser, right? I was actually yep. in Hawaii. So at this point, I got a little bit of money. I'm I'm working and I got a career. And uh, I was in Hawaii. I had to get up at like nine in the morning, or no, like seven in the morning. I think the game starts at maybe eight Hawaii time. Nobody was at the Hawaii at the Honolulu Browns backers bar. Couldn't reach anybody. I don't think they were going at this late in the season. The Green Bay game versus um, where we we, you know, blew that, and I'm walking around in in Honolulu with my. I think I had a Kaiser jersey. In fact, I don't know. Maybe it was somebody else. People were stopping me because we had a big lead and we blew it that game too. People were stopping me because you know, people get sympathetic when you suck like that. They're like, <laughs> oh man, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Pity. Like, that's uh, called that's called pity, Spider. <laughs> yeah. They were like, uh, Oh, you guys won today, didn't you? They were people were stopping me. You guys won, didn't you? Oh no, man, we blew it again. So, <laughs> so two thousand, so that's sixteen, seventeen, and then we drafted Mayfield, and I started going to. I actually bought in advance of the season. I bought six home games. They had like three three game packages, so I bought six six home games. I went to those, and I went to three away games. And that's when I started traveling. Okay. Um, actually, uh, in 2017, I started traveling, like, in general. I went on my first cruise in 2017. And uh, I wanted to keep traveling. So I said, well, maybe I'll just go to follow the Browns away schedule, and that'll take me to different cities. Because I didn't, you know, really know where I wanted to go. So that year, I went to... I want to say Oakland was my first away game at uh, Alameda. And what happened was uh, I'm working at the VA. I work in residential rehab. So guys are there in uh, mental health and substance abuse rehab for anywhere from four to ten weeks, depending on their program or whatever. So, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a dorm uh, type situation. They have a day room where they eat 
cafeteria style, and also there's TV in there. So Sundays, everybody's watching football. So one day I'm there with the bets in there watching football, and I say, hey, man, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to the game next week in Oakland. And the guy said, oh, well, we'll look for you on TV. <laughs> so, well, what? I'll wear a Spider-Man mask, and maybe the camera will find me. So, wow. um, and so, you know, to backtrack just a little bit, I've been a big Spider-Man fan since I was a kid. Like, I, I still, at 55-year-old, dreams of doing spider-man stuff you know like yeah. or if i'm sitting somewhere bored and i'm like outside and i see buildings i'm just <laughs> just a day daydreaming shooting webs up and swinging to this building that uh, so don't judge me right okay. nah, cool. i grew up on the it's okay the 60 the, you know the 67 spider-man cartoon show that really uh-huh yeah i mean wasn't a big comic book fan i had a few but i just you know spider-man was just stuck in my head so I will wear Spider-Man t-shirts to work all the time. So much so that, you know, a lot of the veterans would just call me Spider-Man. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, so, I'll wear a Spider-Man mask to the game, maybe. And uh, so I did. Spider-Man uh, shirt as well, like a long sleeve uh, costume shirt, but I wore a jersey over it. And uh, I was out there, man, and the Mexicans were, you know, a lot of Mexicans out at the, Oak, at the Raiders games in Oakland. They were like, oh, not today, Spider-Man. You know, <laughs> haunting me so, so-called. So, and then it was really in the spirit of uh, Oakland, too, because you see, I saw a lot of people dressed up. Gruden oh, yeah. was the coach at the time. I saw a lady. She had her kid made up like the, the Chucky doll. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I flew in. That morning, like just in time to get a get an Uber to the stadium and just barely miss kickoff, and I flew back that night. My flight left at midnight, but I had to be at wow. work. Um, hmm. Had to be to work Monday night, so I got back, you know, sun, uh, Monday morning or Monday midday. Um, so you saw the stadium. So that was my first. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's what, that, well, you know what? The, the plane didn't leave until midnight, so I did go back and. Um, I had actually been to San Francisco for uh, just like less than a day when I when I went to uh, Hawaii the previous uh, year. But I, saw, I just went back down to the wharf, had something to eat, walked around um, San Francisco down by the wharf. That was about it. Got on the plane and left. But I did see the stadium, and I said I have to go because they were going to move. And, and at that point, it was already announced they were going to move. So I said, well, get a chance to see the and it was so nostalgic because it was so much like the um you know like muni you yeah know i mean yeah so anyway that started it off in that year i went to tampa that year which was blazing hot the next year coming up i said well you know what if i'm going to do this thing it might as well might as well be brown and orange you know a long story mm-hmm. short i came up with and i was like well where can i buy a brown and orange spider-man outfit and um, the Spider-Verse movie had came out. And in that movie, Miles Morales, the Spider-Man in this other universe, he painted his um, outfit with spray paint. That's how he made his Spider-Man outfit. Mm-hmm. 
So I said, so I said, oh, okay. Well, I, instead of trying to get a custom outfit, I bought some orange tights on Amazon and I bought some brown spray paint. And uh, that's how that started, you know. And I got the goggles hmm. because if I'm wearing a mask over my face, then you can't drink at the tailgate. <laughs> or you can, but it's too much work. Yeah. So I got the goggles. Uh, that, that's kind of the whole brown spider thing. And it just went from there, man. And really, I'm just trying to, I, I don't think I'm any any bigger Browns fan than all, all the rest of us idiots on Twitter and elsewhere. <laughs> but one day somebody asked me, hey, man, are you trying to visit every stadium in the, in the, in the league? And I was like, no, but that's a great idea. You know, so, so then I. <laughs> I started every when the schedule comes out, I look and I say, okay, where haven't I been? At this point, it's been like 18 or 19 stadiums, I think. Wow. That I've been That's starting good. in 2018. Yeah. yeah. So I usually go yeah. three, yeah. three or four a year away games. Um, I've doubled up now. Every I've been to, you know, the division, but I'll go back. You know, yeah. Yeah. The big game or whatever, and it's close. You know, the division games are all drive away. So mm-hmm. that's 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 it, man. Uh, I try to have fun, and and the whole Twitter thing started just more as a thought experiment. With uh, I was talking to my son about using social media for marketing because he's in the music business, and I w- I wasn't I had a Twitter account, but I w- wasn't using. It. And I said, wow, you know, Twitter's a little different than Instagram and. Facebook, because you're mostly connected to your friends on Instagram and Facebook, but yeah. Twitter's more topical. And mm-hmm. I realized that, so I said, okay, I'm just going to talk about Brown stuff. That's all I'm going to talk about. And, you know, making Brown's friends, and it just kind of blew up from there. So, so that's the story. Very cool. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'd say you got a pretty good shot at uh, at getting all the stadiums to you know over the next. Um, who knows? I mean, it shouldn't take you too many more years, right? To get to no, all of them, hopefully. Know, I got uh, about ten more stadiums. Um, I was out at we go to Seattle this year. I was out at Seattle this 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 past year, but it was just for an Alaska cruise. And uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe I should just go to the stadium. <laughs> and watch the Seahawks <laughs> and whoever they're playing just to, to get it under my belt. Just to check it off but, your uh, list. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like Seattle as a city. I mean it was it was kinda weird. That's another long story, but mm-hmm. but uh I, next time I was just passing through anyway, so next time I'll this next coming year I'll write down, do a little research on all the attractions to see in the great northwest and that'll give me something to do. Yeah, when I'm out there, but yeah, 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 I'm sure it'd be cool to see a game up there. So yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's talk some Browns, guys. So uh, for sure, uh, the big news is that the Browns have a new defensive coordinator, and um, we're just gonna say that uh, that uh, Charles was right on this. Um, The other Charles. Uh, or not the other Charles, uh, Charles Shin, who was on on um, the last show, Fighter Guy, picked Jim Schwartz yeah. as the guy who would be um, named as DC. So, Charles, I'm sure you're listening or will listen. Um, you win 
the uh, the bragging rights, which is all we do on this show is bragging rights. So, <laughs> so he he, made, he picked Jim Schwartz. So um, so yeah, he's he's the new DC. So um, so what do you get? I I guess I just want to get impressions from you guys and and I guess how happy you are with the hire and what your thoughts are. So so Spider, we'll let you go. We'll let you go first on this. Okay, well, fair enough. You know, um, I am not a guy to sit down here and to judge this guy's scheme versus that. Y'all know a little bit, you know, uh, some teams like the Blitz and this and that. I know I knew that Schwartz is a 4-3 guy, and he's had success wherever he's gone. You know, especially his name became, uh, you know, well-known during the when they did the Browns 95 thing with the Browns leaving and Belichick and his coaching tree. Um, but he's well known around the league, you know, HC uh, at, in Detroit for what, four or five years. So when the candidates yeah. start popping up, I'm like, uh, Schwartz is definitely the, the safe pick, you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know. With Flores, I was like, well, geez. Uh, um, like his lawsuit stuff, legitimate or whatever. Don't know if this is a guy, a guy that's willing to speak. Well, that's a guy who, whenever there's conflict, he's gonna, you know, stick his chest out and it be a, a battle or not. That that's what it was in my mind. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, whether he's a, you know a, a, a good coach, he's well thought of as a defensive coach, but I just didn't know whether he would vibe. Uh, whether he was someone who would, if things weren't going well, would say it's because of all this analytics crap or just, you know, be able to work well with the team. I didn't know. I, you know, I don't know enough to say that he would not be, but I just wondered about that. Uh, yeah. Mayo, he just, you know, he's from the Belichick. He's with Belichick. You know, he's not getting the D.C. title. You don't know. He's very well thought of England to the point where they fought to retain him. So, and the, the word on Mayo is like, well, he he may become the, you know, the next head coach when Belichick retires. The guy out of Seattle, that's just too big of a risk. You know, who knows? Um, so it's like, yeah, Schwartz is definitely the safe pick. You got to figure that if wins and losses are going to determine where whether Stefanski stays, he's got to be thinking, well, look, you know, this is the guy we can count on. At worst, the defense will be average. Um, and the other thing I thought, man, is that he's going to be able to have the gravitas to, to lean on the on the on the front office on on Barry and say, "Hey, this is what I need for my defense. I need a, a defensive tackle or two, you know." Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to yeah. put some money into uh, into the into the front four there. So I'm I'm, I'm stoked about it, you know. And yeah, I don't know if it's going to be transformational. It might be. You know, they talk about the wide nine system and putting Miles out there and letting him gain some ahead of steam, man. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see. But I, yeah, I bet money that we're at least uh, average to above average. You know, definitely top fifteen. Maybe we get into the top ten. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm enthusiastic. So fourteenth or or better, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah man because the browns Definitely. browns were 14th this season under woods mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying 
Yeah, I mean, you bring up some good stuff about uh, Flores, and um, I really hadn't thought about it from that that point of view, you know, of, of him, um, you know, causing issues. My, my concern with him was, you know, how soon did he want to be a head coach? And, you know, is he would he have definitely been a one-year guy, you know, no matter what, so. Um, yeah. Well, with that, the question with that for me was, is he blackballed by some owners? based on the lawsuit and what percentage. So I thought it would take a while. I was a, a little bit surprised that Arizona actually interviewed him. Hmm. Uh, yeah. But they did, and you know he wants it. If they offer it to him, he's going to take it. So, mm-hmm. um, But Schwartz is a guy, he's, he's had a shot at HD. He may or may not get it. And uh, he was doing a kind of consultant thing there and with the Titans. So you, yeah. you figure, uh, here's a guy that's settled into the league. Uh, maybe his ego is not saying, I got to have another shot at HC. I just want to come in here and do my, my defensive coordinator thing and, you know, earn my money and maybe get another ring. So, yeah, I think, right. that, uh, I think it's a good hire, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Your what thoughts? do you guys think? You, yeah. You've probably heard me say this before, Rod. I know you have. Um, when it comes to our careers, we all aspire to the level of our own incompetence. So, a guy like Jim Schwartz hopefully understands now that what he's really good at is coordinating defenses, and doesn't want to be a head coach again based on his experience in Detroit because my big concern throughout this process and, and, and reading the tea leaves um, was that whatever guy we brought in was going to be a placeholder for when Stefanski gets fired. And I, I don't want us to go into the 2023 season thinking that way, you know, that, okay, mm-hmm. As yeah. soon as things start to get a little sticky, the first thing we're going to plug and, you know, move our D coordinator into the, the head coaching role and, and then start the whole, you know, search process all over again. Right. Um, yeah. Not yeah. saying that that won't happen. OK, but when Rod, when you texted me and said it was shorts and my response was, you know, this is this is the low risk choice. Right. The The, the guy who. You pick this guy because you know you have to win this year. You're, and there could be a number of reasons why, right? But but mm-hmm. you're in that window with your starting quarterback, you know, with your um, cap space, with your um, foundational players, and and most a lot mm-hmm. of them being on second contracts now. Um, so that you know the window is there, and, and you hire this guy because he has a track record of being a turnaround guy. You know, he did it with mm-hmm. the Eagles um, in 17. He took them from 28th in the league defensively to 12th in the league defensively, and they won a Super Bowl. Okay, and he's, he's mm-hmm. done that with Tennessee as well. So you have to believe that, that that's why they make this choice. You know, now, if if this was, you know, if we, we talked last week about, you know, Desai and, and you know, how he brings alignment if this was a long-term sure. marriage, right? If this was, you know, Jimmy talking about everybody being in alignment, 
Okay. Sean Desai would have easily been the pick because that's the guy you can build around. Okay. Sure. Um, Schwartz is your, you know, your, 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 your company is, is on the rocks. Um, you know, your balance sheet's out of whack and you need to bring a guy in who can straighten things out for you in a hurry. Now he's got the gravitas and he's got the, the experience to, you know, straighten these guys out, make them fly right and, you know, play their best football. You hope so. To me, I, I, I feel like this is a little bit of an acknowledgement on the part of Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski that, um, hey, we're on the clock. And knowing the history of this yeah. franchise, I just hate that, right? But I think that's kind of what they're saying with this hire. And, and, and hopefully what happens is, is Jim Schwartz comes in and does such a great job that, you know, we turn into a winning franchise. and none of that bad stuff happens because <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't even want to think about what could happen if, you know, if, if him adjusting these guys to the wide nine takes six games and, and, you know, <clears throat> the, the, the peasants are out with the pitchforks and, you know, <laughs> next thing, you know, Kevin Stefanski's job is on the line. Maybe Andrew Barry's too. Right. And we're, we're starting this whole process over. So, um, man, my, 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 uh, my best wishes go out to Jim Schwartz that he can work a miracle. So Spider, do you, do you agree with Jeff as far as the, as far as that being the reasoning for the Schwartz hire, or do you think it's just his, um, his, uh, his uh, credentials? Um, do you feel like, um, I mean, I, I see, I see other possible possible reasons for this hire. So I'm kind of wondering how you see well, it, if you see it the same way. Makes sense from that standpoint. It's hard to know what people are thinking, yeah. whether or not um, the Haslams are now leaning towards stability over, uh, you know, we chaos. Win. If they feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, chaos. Whether they feel yeah. like, okay, yeah. listen, we got a stable organization at least. We're not there. We've been close. We've been to the playoff with Stefanski. Um, you've got alignment, you know, because you think back. Uh, I got into a conversation with someone about the the Ray Farmer era. You know, they were. It they comes were up now Shanahan and then. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they were talking about Shanahan and the the PowerPoint that the. And I said, you know, we had some good coaches on staff. I think Petten was the head coach at that point. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, so you got a brilliant line, and you've got a defensive guy who's a lot. He stayed. He's still in uh, Green Bay, right? As a defense coordinator, Pitten. I'm not sure so. if he's still there or not, but as far as I know, yes. Yeah. Well, you've got a guy that at least has been able to stick in the league after his stint with Cleveland. Yeah. Right. And so. Yeah. Yep. You have decent coaches. Players wise, with the front office being so weird and they were texting the sideline and saying, put Johnny in and all of this, the front office was in shambles. I, I heard on the radio today blamed, uh, blamed the same situation in Detroit for, um, for Schwartz not having more success in Detroit as the head coach. He said, you got to give him kind of a mulligan with the, with the front office 
how it's been. So has mm-hmm. I may have settled in like, okay, listen, I you got to keep giving these guys some rope. You're in the division with Pittsburgh. You know, you guys know as well as I. I mean, my lifetime, I'm 55. They had three head coaches between Noel and uh, uh, the Chin and Tomlin. Yeah. The uh, Cower. Yeah, Noel Cower and mm-hmm. Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Three head coaches yeah. in the last whatever, you know, the last hour. Yeah. yeah. So you got to figure. Right. The, I was even thinking, boy, they may give. Uh, Woods <laughs> another shot, but you know uh, that had to change. It was just, he had two years caught up, got up to speed last year. It shouldn't have been starting over again this year. You expected them to hit the ground running, and that was a cluster. Yeah, with all the and then the other thing, man. People talk about the personality thing. Uh, Schwartz is going to get people's attention. He's a fiery mm-hmm. guy. You got all these flatliners as far as, you know, Woods and Stefanski. And so you've got half. And a lot of the players, too. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Chubb, you look at Amari Cooper, you look at DPJ. Um, I think uh, Watson, I think Watson, man, is probably a good mix of a verbal leader and a guy who's humble. You know, he's not going to be cutting out his fellow players, but I think he, he'll he take hold of the, the reins, you know. But as far as – and on defense, you know, you look at Miles. One guy – I mean, you got – okay, you got young guys. You got uh, Emerson. You got Winfrey. Those guys got some, you know, a little bit of fire in them. You know, Emerson's a dog, and Winfrey, even in the Pittsburgh game – second quarter of the, the third fourth quarter of the season he starts to get his head together and get his head yeah. in the game he plays with a lot of fire man no matter what's going on in the game and uh i think if he keeps his head on straight and actually starts having some good production you know but other than that you know you, your best player on defense he's really not that guy he's starting to take some leadership but he's just really not that barker you know right and i think uh, you know, I think um, Schwartz is going to pull out a lot of that and more players. I think there's going to be more discipline. You got half the players on the team tutelage, so that's going to spread over to the special team some, just in terms of your defensive players having that sort of leadership. Um, yeah. And so you, you got to like that. Maybe Stefanski's thinking, yeah, because they asked Barry about that, and he said, well, you know, I just want guys that, affect, that are effective no matter how they lead. But it's football, man. <laughs> you know, you yeah. got to be – you got to wear your heart on your sleeve. And, you know, when when has Stefanski ever just, you know, chewed a guy a new asshole? Right. You know. Well, he doesn't do it on the field. Just, I, mean, I, I really doubt that he does it in the locker room. But, I mean, we you know, we don't know what kind of – what kind of talks he has with these guys. Um, he has behind right. closed doors. Um, I doubt if he's that kind of coach, but, um, but who knows? You know, you know, maybe I, some of the position coaches are. You maybe. Know? But but when you got somebody, in, in, you know, that's uh, visible to the whole team and he's that guy, you know, I think it, it can't hurt. And he's got yeah. the credential. You know, it's one thing to be barking and you don't 
you don't have the success behind your name. He's got a ring. And uh, right. Yeah, he's got nothing else to prove. Oh yeah, I think. So, so is it possible that a large part of this decision was just based on what the coaches and, and everybody thought was needed um, in a coach for the defensive players to get the defensive players um, more on board and to get more out of them? Do you think that, I mean, just the personality, um, it seems to me that, that that could have been a big part of the decision you know, apart from everything else. And, mm-hmm. and, and I know they could have gotten that with Flores and, you know, um, uh, potentially, I think but if you compare, re- I think if you compare resume straight up, he wins period. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, 25 year vet, 14 years as a D coordinator. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's done it. He's been there. Um, and like I said, he can, he can in and can install right away based on what we have. So some of those other guys, it was going to take a bit of restructuring probably to get them, you know, and you'd, you'd have heard that as, as an excuse, right. That, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm switching you to this or that, you know, we need to bring in these guys and guys. And whereas, you know, Schwartz can take the guys that you have and, and get the most out of them. You know, I mean, I saw an interesting stat about him. Um, He's had five D tackles that um, he took to all pro status. Um, mm-hmm. Albert Hainsworth in Tennessee, and Dominica Sue in Detroit, Marcel Darius mm-hmm. in Buffalo, Fletcher Cox in Philly, and just this past mm-hmm. year, Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. Now, the issue with that is, is we don't have a single guy that has the pedigree of any of those guys right now on our roster. Okay, so yeah, we're going to yeah, have to yeah. do something some. about that, right? But he does have the ability to fix the number one problem that we have, that's the defensive line. And, and that's his specialty. Okay. So right. um, if you identify the biggest problem in an organization and you go out and bring somebody in, who's a change agent, you're looking for them to have expertise in that area. And that's what Jim Schwartz brings. So, well, and, and he knows how to stop the run too. I mean, that, I mean, well, that all goes together. I mean, yeah, I mean, I all have, that's relevant. Have the information relevant, in front know? of me, but he is, he gets his defenses to, um, he has had numerous defenses that have come in top five in stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of that's going to be based on personnel as well, Rod. And we're going to have a lot well, of sure. time over the coming weeks and months to, to, to digest what the new defensive philosophy is going to look like. Okay. Yeah. But you can count on the fact that, that he's going to do certain things. Um, like, you know, there's going to be more man coverage which guys like Denzel Ward and, and Greg Newsom are going to love okay mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's where they thrive right they're, yeah because because you know they're playing that's how this defense playing is zone, really built right well playing I'm, playing zone is is technically you know safer less exhausting um, but you know when you've got highly skilled guys in man you know you want them in man i made the comment a few weeks ago Rod, about you know our defense and one of the things that kind of soured me on joe was over time okay and i, and I still think he's a, a good defensive coordinator in the right situation okay but one of the things that soured me on him was he wasn't putting his best players in a position to be successful mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. when you have miles garrett when you have denzel ward you have to feature those guys. You have to put them in a position to be able to take over the game. 
you know, and, and letting Miles being doubled and triple teamed all the time, um, that's that's not doing that. You know, so that's what Jim Schwartz is really, really exceptional at, is that he takes mm-hmm. his best players and he isolates them so that they can be stars, be what they are, reach their full potential, okay? Um, I don't think a guy like uh, like, like on Winfrey is, is suddenly going to become an all-pro next year. <laughs> Okay. Sure. It'd be great if he did, but yeah, you know, that, that's asking yeah, a lot. Yeah, and, of and the Browns' run defense round. is not going to go to top five in one year either. I mean, unless they spend, right. you know, unless they spend a ton of money and bring right. in two it's, great it's, defense. It's all going to be. It's that's why I prefaced it by it's all going to be based on on personnel and yeah. and how sure. how big a change we're able to make, um, you know, on the defensive roster up the middle. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, the other thing you can count on, that, and this is going to really piss fans off, is. Jim Schwartz is a very low rate blitzer. Okay. He, he blitzes like 11% of the time or something. It's, it's a a ridiculously low number. Okay. His, his system is built around putting pressure on the quarterback from his front four. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and everybody else is basically, you know, has, has roles to fill behind those front four. So you you have to get quarterback pressure from those guys. Right. So that, again, that, that really emphasizes the talent level on that, on that form. Right now, miles pretty much it. So we got some work to do to give him the tools. Well, I I think we know where they need to, where they need to add. So, so. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty need, straightforward. Uh, a defensive end too. You're gonna need a D D end too. I mean, Clowney right. was supposed to be, you know, the the Robin, the Miles yeah. is Batman. Yeah, we and uh, we don't have we don't have that compliment right now on the roster. I mean, Alex Wright is is a rotational guy at this point in his career. Um, sure. And again, doesn't have that pedigree. Okay. Um, of you know of being a high pick. You know, when you look at we play play a team like Washington a few weeks ago, and, and they've got Ooh. you know four four high picks on their line, right? Or or yeah. um, it just or, the 49ers, You know, the 49ers have four first rounders on their line. You know, I mean, yeah. we're not anywhere close to that. So he's going to really have to to you know work some magic to to, <laughs> to do what he wants to do with with the roster as it's constructed right now. So well, let's see what AB can do to help him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Barry said, uh, I think Grothy asked Barry, well, basically, like, are, are you going to move up, you know, uh, since you don't have a first-round pick? And Barry said, um, well, we have enough resources in terms of draft capital and in terms of cap space that we can do whatever we need to do, you know, to get the roster up to speed. Yeah. You know, yeah. now that may have been, that's been press conference talk. But you know the cap's going up since post COVID. He and, sounded uh, pretty confident when he said it. <laughs> he did, you know, That's and good. I was like, okay, well, cool, <laughs> Let, let's do it. So, and I think you know with with Schwartz, like, okay, Woods was making mistakes. Well, you know, I gave the guys too much. Schwartz is going to know what they can handle, and in terms, and his scheme is probably simpler than Woods, especially on the back end if you're going to play man more man but i think you're not going to have that you know like learning curve whether it was uh say somebody like Desai, maybe even mayo you got somebody who's seen it all right you know and knows what yeah. works i think i yeah. heard today on the radio he um 
Tennessee's defense was like the worst in the league on third downs. You know, uh, before Schwartz came, before he came in, yeah, and he got him up to stuff, yeah, and then they're top, like yeah. somewhere like top five or something. You know, don't quote me, but yeah, you just got a guy that knows what he's doing, has seen it all, and can get these guys up to speed. You know, whatever the limitations of the roster, he can get he can get the most out of them, I think. And with this, uh, with his defense being based on getting pressure with that, you know, that front four. Barry's going to have to give them the, the ingredients, have to give them at least one or two really good guys. Yeah, um, have to do something to, to work with, you know. Yeah, we've, we've got to get <laughs> we better at D-tackle. We, we've got to find that. Um, we, we've got to find that other edge. Um, we've got to fix the issues at safety and we've got to get healthy at linebacker. And everything up the middle is is a weakness right now um we're really strong on the edges right but um up the middle that defense needs a ton of help and it's gonna I be interesting you, to see I, I feel pretty good about linebacker assuming that all these guys are hurt or at least the majority of them are ready to go next season and i don't have their list of injuries in front of me or anything right but uh, all these guys for how many guys the browns signed off the street came in and played pretty well it's mm-hmm. like the browns yeah. have this this big stack of linebackers now to pick from and and again you got to look at contract status and all that stuff too uh which which we'll do later but i kind of feel like the browns are probably going to do um they're probably going to be looking okay at linebacker you know depending on how many what of those guys are free agents here's taki taki um this would be he's going into his fourth year, I think, right? I, I think his yeah, I think his contract's actually up. Yeah, I think I'm it is. Sure. I think it is. So, so probably several of those guys so you are got up. Taki. Go ahead. Walk. You know, one year deal every every year. But you got Taki Taki, Jacob Phillips. These are young guys. Taki's probably the oldest. Um you got JOK. And who was the fourth guy that got hurt? Taki Taki. Anthony Walker. Phillips. Walker. Anthony Walker. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if that hurt early. That, Walker but. and Taki Taki. So mm-hmm. um, you got to like uh, how Taki Taki has come along. Uh, Tarver was just singing, just praising him to, to the heavens in terms of him learning everything and learning how to pay, play all three linebacker positions. He's a decent run stuffer. I think Jacob Phillips, he – him and Delphit remind me of the same kind of the same person. They're just super athletic and they got to learn their position better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how Delphit has come along. So I'm hopeful for, for that. Who knows what they'll do with yeah. John, John Johnson, but I'm hopeful for guys like Phillips, like Delphit to continue to grow and to be used properly by Schwartz. Now, here's a question for you guys. Do you think – how much of uh, Wood's staff do you think he'll retain? I would guess not or a lot like, of it. <laughs> that would be my guess. I w- I'm thinking Jim Schwartz has a lot of connections. Well, I'm thinking he's going to want to bring a lot of his guys in. That would be my guess, but I, I have no idea. No, that, that makes, makes a lot of sense, especially when you're talking about running his system, using his language. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm 
I'm assuming and hoping that his language is a lot easier to understand than Joe Wood's language was. That's supposed sure. to be funny, you guys. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. He definitely complicated things too much for. It felt like it. it. Well, it and like he. Because they were always standing looking at each other. Yeah, like, like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, when you're talking linebacker guys, I mean, we're not even talking about guys like, um, like Tony Fields and Reggie Ragland, who look real, you know, looked like they could play at the end of the season. So, you know, the Browns uncovered some guys too. So, um, I'm kind of optimistic at, at linebacker. I think, I think they need, I think they need, like you guys said, they need at least one safety, um, and they need to hit that, that defensive line. So, um, do, do you guys want to give some grades on some offensive players real quick? Sure. Let's um, we'll just we'll just go A through F, and um, we'll only go discussion if we really feel like it's merited. Okay. Um, just okay. just kind of a season long grade um, based on how you think they did. A through F. You can give a plus or minus. There's really no rules here whatsoever. Um, so. So, uh, Spider, you can go first, and then Jeff will go, and I'll I'll throw a grade in if I feel like I have something different to say. Um, so, um, we're gonna start with uh, Jacoby Brissett. Oh boy, you gotta give Jacoby a solid B, maybe even a I'd say B plus. Um, yeah, he wasn't the guy that could necessarily close it out. He didn't, you know good things in terms of even game ending stuff, but there were times where had we played solid defense and the run game was there, man, we should have been a lot better, but I'd give him a B plus man from yeah. leadership in the locker room stuff. That's definitely a, a, a plus he was humble and yet he was able to be a leader and connect with all the players on the field. We knew his limitations. He had a few spurts where he threw more interceptions than he should have, but he learned from his mistakes like the, the the Chargers game, he threw that interception when he had, oh, man, yards and yards and yards of green grass in front of him. Yeah. yeah. Game, he's like, nope, I'm keeping it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. So, Jeff, what you got? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm only going to judge these guys against themselves. Um, yeah. And, you know, knowing Jacoby is who he is. Um I think we saw probably the best version of Jacoby Brissett that anybody's ever going to see. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give him an A minus. Um, absolutely. He, he, you know, could have done some things better, but um, for everything that he brought to this team, I don't think it's fair to ask much more out of that guy. Yeah. I think we're on, I think we're on the same page. Yes. Yeah, so I would, I would go a minus. Based on what you're looking at, uh, what Jacoby can provide, and I think he was an A minus. Yeah. Yep. So uh, let's go. Let's go, uh, Deshaun Watson. Ooh, DW. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, grading them, grading them on a curve. Uh, C. You know, it's hard to know where it's going. You look at his track record, and you figure, figure hey. Like constant refrain. If he can get back to what he was, um, yeah. I'm hopeful. Like how he came into the locker room, 
uh, respecting Jacoby. He said, I yeah. listen. He said, I listened to how Jacoby communicated because I didn't want to come in here and try start trying to change things up like I'm the guy and stuff. So, I, you know, I really appreciated how he came in respecting Jacoby for what he was doing, following his lead in terms of how things were being done up to that point, you know, rather than some sort of uh, arrogant way. On the field, it's just, you know, the the word for the day is rust, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going to see. Jeff? Yeah, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna grade him against what I think he's capable of, and, and if if I'm grading him on those six games, um, I got to give him a D, because he wasn't bad enough to fail, but um, he certainly fell well short of what he's capable of. Um, I, to be fair, I think he really should get an incomplete, but if we're just going yeah. on those six games, I'm gonna give him a D. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go C here just because I, I think. Some of what we saw was directed at trying to give him certain plays and things. It kind of felt like they were, yeah, that like they were designing game plans around getting him practice almost. So mm-hmm. I don't know I if he was even way. being himself all the time. So that's what I'm going to see. But I, I agree with you guys. It's really an incomplete at this point. So um, I agree with you on that, Jeff. So, um, the, the running backs, um, we probably don't need to think too hard about Nick Chubb, but we'll we'll go Nick Chubb first here. <laughs> well, I'll, hey, and I won't say anything else. He's just that guy. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's magna cum laude. Yeah, yeah, same here. Sure. I I don't know how you do any better. I just don't. So, um, so yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, how about Kareem Hunt? Kareem is interesting. I think uh, looks like he he fell off, and I don't know if it's uh, just frustration about being second fiddle. How many years now? Is it three years? He seems to have fallen off, man. So yeah, yeah, I'll give him a I'll give him a C minus, man. He just did not look very good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, with, with Kareem, it always looks like the effort is there. Um, yeah. But, you know, being hurt last year and really not having a lot of opportunities this year, it was really hard to see what Kareem Hunt is still capable of. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when he did have his chances, I, 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 you know, he just didn't – he wasn't the Kareem Hunt from a couple of seasons ago. And, you know, that just didn't keep him on the field, you know. So – yeah, mm-hmm. I think probably in that C range is is probably about where he was the last two years. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably being a little biased. I I would probably go B minus, but I don't think they used him as much in the passing game this year. Um, no, he, he always looks good running, like you said. What it's it's just the effort level that that it looks like right. he runs with. Um, yep. And I'm not saying he's not trying hard. Um, he is he and he's just fun to watch when he runs the ball but I don't think they use him effectively and I don't know if that's on him you know it's really not you know I I don't know if we can determine if he's out there you know not getting open or whatnot Um, but but yeah Yeah. I I agree with you guys Um, on the other hand that means that Nick Chubb was a bigger part of the of the of the Browns offense which is what everybody wants 
So that's really right. not sure. a bad thing either. So, um, right. yeah. so, uh, so let, let's let's uh, let's go Jerome Ford, who we we saw more of on, on kickoffs than anything else. But just uh, just kind of your impressions quickly, Jerome Ford. Um, or well, it was nice to see. It was nice to see someone a little a little above average. And I don't know what his stats were, but on kick returns, he seemed to get to the twenty five more often than not and beyond. Mm, and yeah. that was just really yeah. nice to see. So uh just you know, he didn't he didn't get on the field until a couple of just a couple of reps during uh versus the commanders. Um but yeah, just as a kick return, I mean I'll I'll give him a B plus. He he uh he really looked good. Really yep. excited to see him out there, you know. Yeah, what do you think, Josh? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to give him an A for effort. I mean, it's a very small sample size, but like sure. like Spider just said, you know what what he did on kickoffs was was take advantage of the opportunities that he had, and, mm-hmm. and really, you know, he maximized every single one. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not his fault that he didn't get more touches, but um, I think every time he touched the ball, it was it was A for effort. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you guys. I'm, he looks different as a kick returner than most other guys do, and so you yeah. can see what he is going to bring to the offense one day. You can you right. can see it, which, which may be sooner than than people think. Um, oh yeah. As far as uh, as far as he's probably going to play a role next season. Uh, as far as um, we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, and we have time to talk about that. But anyways. <laughs> I think you guys are right on with the grade. So, so uh, wide receivers, uh, Amari Cooper. Coop. You know what? I think Cooper, when we signed him, and uh, I saw it with my own eyes, you don't see the spectacular, say, like a George Pickens, these incredible catches and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But you see Cooper wide open. Attributed to that route, you know, route running. Yeah. I mean, I, I forget what game it was, but he shook this. <laughs> it was a game where he was wide open and he dropped that pass. Oh yeah, Same game. Yeah. He shook this guy out of his shoe so bad, <laughs> just right, <laughs> right within the in the five yard window, and this guy just stumbled and then and Coop was gone, man. And so often you see him so open, it's like, wow, okay, yeah, That's easy. But it's not easy to get open like that. So when they talk about his route running, you know, I, I see what they're talking about. Um, you know, I'm not going to say Cooper is an A-plus guy, because you want some of those spectacular plays, and maybe he's like an offensive lineman where his spectacular stuff is not where you're used to looking for it. I, I'll give him an A. I'll give Cooper an A. He showed up and he did what he was supposed to do. You know, as 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 the number one receiver, you can say he was the number one receiver. Yeah. 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 Jeff? I'm I'm gonna go B plus just because I think there's a few plays that Amari wishes he had back. Um mm-hmm. in in, mm-hmm. in some big situations where I think he just, you know, for whatever reason, um didn't catch the ball. And he's gotta he's gotta be like Nick Chubb where you can just count on him every time the ball comes to him, you know. Uh, like you said, yeah. Spider, he's open all the time. He's he's just got to squeeze it all the time, you know. So, uh, yeah. but it, it is it's really damn nice to have a dependable number one out there that you know just isn't going to make any waves and just 
do his job. So uh, I'm I'm all in on it. This I I didn't I didn't appreciate what the Browns were getting when they made this trade. Um, yeah. I knew he was a good receiver, but this man is a professional. Um, right. And I just I love having him on the Browns because to me he he is he is a Nick Chubb type of player as far as the way he plays and approaches the game and keeps his mouth shut and just plays and lets us play talk. Um, and you know I'm not comparing him you know as far as uh, credentials or anything to Nick, but just in their temperament and everything else, and that's why I like him. Um, and like you said, he's open. Um, yeah, I'm right with you guys. I would I would go probably A minus just because you know he wasn't perfect, but you know, man, it's great to have a it's great to have a, pro, a professional receiver on the team. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. DPJ is um, quintessentially competent. Is what I see with this guy. He's just, you know, someone, you know, he's really come along. You know, last year he led the Browns in receiving yards. Mm-hmm. He, so he only had 597 or something like that, just below 600. But he was actually the leading receiver on the team as far as, um, as far as yardage. Uh, I think uh, Jarvis was as far as receptions. This is 2021. I'm talking about. Yeah, that sounds right. From from day one here, how prepared he was, how he was able to do everything they asked him to do, learned, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he's not been spectacular, but, man, he, he makes tough catches. Uh, he doesn't get the separation. Maybe he'll learn some more from Cooper after a year in the offseason with him. But – um. I'll, I'll give DPJ a solid B. And I'll throw this in. I don't know if we're going to talk about any other guys. We were lucky that these two guys played all 17 games because yeah, there's a steep sure. drop yeah. off once you get past Cooper and DPJ. Very yeah. steep. We would have yep. been ruined. I mean, we were yeah. already ruined, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'll give, him a solid, well, I'll give him a solid B. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I'm in that BB minus range also. I think uh, he's got a lot of room to grow still. Um, but, you know, um, for a low-round pick and, um, you know, still a young player, um, he's become very dependable. And he's made some tough catches, so uh, mm-hmm. contested catches. You know, he's kind of been, become known for the contested catch, which um, ain't an easy thing to do. So, yeah, I, I think I'll go B minus this year, and and you know hopefully that trend continues upward. Yeah, sixty one catches, eight hundred thirty nine yards, three touchdowns. Uh, pretty pretty good season uh, on ninety six yeah. targets. So I mean he was yeah. pretty sure handed this year. So I mean I'm right there with you guys. I think he's somewhere in the B range. Um, you know, um, I, I think he made strides this season. So yeah. Um, yeah. So. Let's talk about uh, let's do uh, David Belnax, who really didn't get a lot of uh, didn't get a lot of chances. Um, only yeah. he had thirty five targets this year, twenty four catches, two hundred fourteen yards. Oh well, let's give him a C. You know, this is one of those guys where you can say incomplete. He didn't get a lot of reps. 
He yeah. didn't maybe earn his way onto the field. We yeah. didn't run a lot of three wide receiver. I mean, we brought in Farrell Brown, you know, to be the third tight end, and we were still sure. doing a lot of two tight end stuff. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. You know, he doesn't look see the stuff where you say, "Oh my, this guy," you know, with some he he could become that guy. You know, he his seat he in terms of scenario, and this is Marvin Harrison was not a guy who was in terms of a burner or just super athletic. So yeah. you hope David Bell could be a poor man's Marvin Harrison in terms of just that sort of possession type guy, savvy. Learned how to run routes. He's he in the, like I think he had a play where he was on the sideline and uh, watching through the ball to him. It's like, bro, you should have went upfield, you know. Yeah. So it's like lot to learn, sort of thing with with him. So yeah, you know, C slash incomplete for, for Bill. Yeah. Do you think yeah, anything different, Jeff? Yeah, I, I I'm agree. Gonna, I mean, I- yeah. I think that the only thing I'll add to that is, is that if the Browns didn't make that trade for Amari Cooper, I mean, David Bell was a high usage guy in college. And mm-hmm. if, if Amari Cooper is not on this team or, or gets injured or God forbid, um, David Bell probably has DPJ type numbers in his rookie year. I, I think he could think do so. it. But I think it's mm-hmm. philosophically the Browns you know, wanted to ease him in. Um, and, mm-hmm. and what better way to learn you know, how to be that? consummate route runner than to, you know, to be shadowing Amari Cooper, right? Yeah, sure. I agree with you. I agree with you. And honestly, there were there were a lot of times when he was pretty wide open. Um, yeah. you know, just watching him. So yeah. I don't well, and the think, other thing is, is you know, issue. when 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 he learns like you guys are saying, when he learns how to play with Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson's ability to extend plays. Okay, mm-hmm. the two of them are going to start connecting on late in the play opportunities. You know, um, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say when, when you know, when the when things start to break down, David Bell's going to find places to to sit where Deshaun Watson yeah. can get the ball to him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I could see that, and just in terms of his, you know, how he was talked about in terms of how he plays the game, you know. Yep. Not super athletic, but knows how to get open, knows how to find the, the holes in the defense and things like that. I think that'll, yeah. you know, cross your fingers that, that that continues to develop. Yeah. yeah. So, David. I, honestly, and, I, I, yeah. I feel a lot better about the wide receiver room now than I did at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I still like to see us mm-hmm. add some okay. light. <laughs> I do too. I mean, you were talking, um, Spider, you were talking about uh, um, DPJ leading the team in. Um, yardage last season, receiving yardage at, at 500 some yards. The Browns had three guys, you know, well above that um, this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there, I mean, there were the three guys that really, really um, only had, you know, only those three guys had very many targets, you know, enough targets to get that many yards. So it's not like other guys weren't capable of it. They just didn't get the playing time. So, sure. um, so, so we're going to move to, to uh, David and Joku who had, uh, 58 receptions on 80 targets, 628 yards, uh, which is a career high. 
um, four touchdowns, and he he played um, he played fourteen games. Okay, in fourteen games. Yeah. I really like Najoku, and I think he stepped up in terms of leadership. And I think, you know, the pivot came just a few, you know, two, three years ago when he asked for a trade when we signed Hooper. And then he said, no, you know what? I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone. I'm going to compete. Um, he learned how to block, you know, and he gave the effort. They say, you know, half of that is definitely just the effort and wanting to. Um as a receiver, he stepped up. Somebody said, oh, if, if just a, a week or two ago on Twitter, oh, I hope uh, he can overcome, his, you know, his dropsies. And I had to go find some <laughs> statistics in terms of drops. And he's right there in terms of percentage of catchable passes dropped with the top tight ends in the league. He does not drop the ball any more than anyone else. Um so I like him. I like him going forward. I think as the offense develops under Watson, he's gonna he's gonna shine more. Um, and Watson had said something in a press conference about someone asking about the offense being different, and you can tell that the conversations have already been had, or they're well into that. Oh, it's gonna be totally different. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. We, we just cannot put in what we're envisioning for this offense here in these last few games. So right. yeah, I think people with athleticism like Najoku, um, I think uh, the sky's the limit for him. In terms of that B tier, maybe he won't be, you know, the Kelsey and uh, whoever else these top guys are, but Maybe he can be top five tight end, definitely top ten um, in the league, I think. So I'm for this year, I'm going to give him uh, – uh, again, it's, it's opportunities with tight ends. You know, unless you're Kelsey, get ten targets every game or whatever. So, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give him a B plus. Like, I, I like how he's developed, and I think he's – he he can move towards an A uh, next year. That's okay. Yeah, I, I think that's sure. fair. Um, yeah. Just a couple of things on on David and Joker. I mean, I've I've been hard on him in the past. I mean, it's it, it's taken him five years to get to this point, um, but we're finally seeing some of what he's capable of. And and I'll tell you that um, I think he's probably one of the top three or four most physically gifted guys on this team. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Behind yeah, yes. Miles, Miles Garrett, obviously, probably Deshaun Watson and, and Joku right right there, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the bar for him is pretty high. It should be. Um, yeah. And, and I think he's, he's shown us enough this year on the field to make us believe that, you know, he can, he can get there. Um, and I give him tons of credit for all that stuff that you mentioned too spider about you know becoming a, a real team guy yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm, I'm gonna go b plus um I, I still think he you know he's got more room to grow sure 
Yeah, I'm there with you guys. I would probably go B plus. Um, I mean, he's really cleaned up the the drops, which we've the drops. And and again, I I know his drop percentage in that um, spider. It's it's the fact that he's in the past he's always made the the tough catch and dropped the easy pass. And this sure. season, this season, man, he was catching easy pass almost every. You know, he, I mean, he had a couple drops this year. Everybody does. Sure. But yeah. But they weren't noticeable. You didn't right. leave a game thinking, man, and Joku dropped like three balls this game again. You know, he didn't have a game like that. Right. You know, he had a drop here and there, but, but that's normal. I mean, Amari Cooper drops balls, for God's sake. So so I'm not going to get on Njoku for dropping a pass. Um, so seeing him clean that up and, and doing the other stuff, man, I, you know, it, um, it, it was good to see. So I'm right there with you guys. B, I, I would probably give him a B plus. So, so let, I'm not going to go through all the offensive line guys um, individually. What would you guys grade the offensive line? And if there's anybody individually you want to talk about, fine. But I just thought we kind of give them a grade as a unit. Mm, I'll give them a, I'll give them a B minus simply because I expect a lot out of them. Uh, people continue to question Wills. Maybe we've been spoiled by Joe Thomas and Joe Batonio, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the other guys, even like a, a, a Wyatt Teller, our center plate has been really good um, up until the uh, guy who's the NFL PA guy, that uh, JC Treader. Treader, yeah. We've, we've been yeah. kind of spoiled with center play. Center play. Uh, Nick Harris gets hurt, and here comes Ethan Pochick. When I saw the signing, I said, this is going to be a good signing. This was before the injury because mm-hmm. he had been playing out of position. Uh, Seattle was playing him at guard, and then they drafted a, a center after, like a couple years after they drafted him. And I thought, uh, he's got some playing experience. He's going to be good depth. And he you know, he turned out to be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Conklin was struggling, you know, coming back from the injury. Hopefully next year it'll be really 100%. Um, Wills is that guy where you just, you're just hoping for, you know, some excellence there. You know, and he just seems just seems average. Um, he just seems average at best. And like I said, maybe we're judging him against some, you know, two perennial pro bowlers in Joe Thomas and Joe Batonio. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I'll give I'll give him a B, B minus. You know, that, you know, I expect just so much from the unit. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. So if we're gonna grade this group as a unit, this is really a Bill Callahan grade, right? Um, okay. And it's it's a question of what did he get out of this group, and you guys both talked about the center issues. Um, I think that was really the main unraveling of this offensive line this year was just the the unsettled nature of the center position. You know, the, the injuries. Mm-hmm. Getting uh, to a third your, strength center. Yeah. Yeah. And, good and, and yeah. Playing, That's true. you know, playing, playing full hold there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, 
that's the sort of the glue that was missing this year, I think. You know, and, and you know, JC Treader obviously had his limitations, but the guy was out there pretty much every game, even though he was, you know, dealing with injuries himself. And he yeah. was that glue that held that group together, and, and they just didn't have that this year. So, um, I mean, I'm going to give Bill Callahan a B-plus for what he did with this group um, and, mm-hmm. and his ability to backfill. You know, he, he always seems to get yeah. high-level play out of the replacement guys, no matter who they are. You know, we, we saw very little of Chris Hubbard this year. He was, he was supposed to be our swing tackle, right? And I don't even know if he right. got any snaps, you know. Um, James Hudson took another step forward, you know, um, yeah. to, to where you're starting to feel confident in James Hudson as, as that swing tackle, you know. So Bill Callahan, right. to me, is, is by far the best coach we have on our staff. I mean, I think everybody in the NFL feels that way. And sure. to, to great individual offensive linemen under him, you you know, it, it's really unfair because it's, yeah. it's how they function as a unit. And yeah. with all the limitations they had this year, I think they did a good job. But, um, but man, they certainly weren't the offensive line that they were, you know, two, two years ago. No, and, right. and there was there was a drop off when Froho was in, but I mean you got to give the guy credit. I mean, she's the guy, um, you know, the guy play, can play all these different positions on the line, and he comes in and just right. says, you know, fine, I'll play center, you know, I'm right. you know, whatever, yeah. and and I mean, he got his butt kicked around sometimes, but man, he's out there just like a soldier, just doing the best right. he can, and, and you know, and how you are you going to be upset with him for that? You have Conklin missing games. Um, Teller, Mm -hmm. as a result, was, you know, he really had an off year this year. Um, So, yeah, there there was just a lot of moving pieces that prevented that unit from from gelling really early on from from day one. Um, And, you know, it's hard to to be too tough on them. Now, they've got a real challenge next season adjusting to how Deshaun Watson plays. They do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you guys. I, I, I think the units in the B range just because we're so used to them being so excellent, but, um, you know, they did the best they can. They filled in and, and they still played pretty well. So I've got one more question for spider and we're going to close things out because we've been going, um, we're going on epic level here for how long we've been talking. So, um, so Spider, what what's your optimism level with this team going forward? I you know I guess just just maybe going into next season. How are you feeling? Well, well, you know it's going to grow during the off season with, uh, after the the disappointment to end the season. Um, I made a tweet of. Uh, I finally watched the game on 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 the replay with you know week eighteen, mm-hmm. and I saw myself on the front row near the fifty yard line. I circled myself and I said, "Yeah, I had a great seats to you know to view the disappointment." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How the game, how that game, it was just like a, a microcosm of the season. You know, you just you got hopes and it's like, oh, going forward, man. I think the defense is going to be solid. Um, I think uh, the offense is a question mark because, you know, quote unquote, totally different. We still got 
same offensive line. You got a brilliant offensive line coach who can maximize. He can teach to what we're doing in terms of new stuff. Um, you still got Nick Chubb. I think Jerome Ford's probably going to fill in admirably uh, in terms of a number two. I think uh, Hunt's going to be gone. DPJ and Cooper. So I think you're going to look for some players to step up in terms of the wide receiver room. Uh, Najoku's there. They may bring in another tight end, I'm thinking. But as far as the offense is concerned, and I will say this, you know, Stefanski, quarterbacks, got to say, okay, maybe he got the Baker that you could. And Baker thought he was something more than he was. He thought he was Deshaun Watson, you know, maybe. Um, and again, with uh, Jacoby Brissett, you got to say, wow, you know, again, he got a lot out of Jacoby Brissett based on what he's, you know, his known limitations. So, yep. you know, you're going to go in a different direction with Watson, but I think the offense is going to be there because you got solid playmakers and Watson, I think, can once you get whatever you're going to be doing, get well practiced with that and got a, they're going to have a whole off season together. I think Deshaun Watson is chomping at the bit to prove himself and to distance himself from all his troubles. So he's going to be nose to the grindstone. He said, I, I don't know. Where are you going to be in the off season? Well, I live in Cleveland. I bought a house. I'll be here. So the defense counting on Schwartz. We've got some stars and we've got our DB room. It's really good. We've got Miles Garrett and nobody else on the defensive line. I think the linebacker core is average at best, but I think he, I think Schwartz is going to get a lot out of these guys. So, so let's make a prediction. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, uh, finish last next year. How about that for enthusiasm? I'll start talking better <laughs> after <laughs> after free agency in the draft and we get to the camp. I'll be more enthusiastic, but uh, yeah. I'll bet $100 we don't finish last. And the, the division's still tough. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to add in closing, Spider? Uh, well, you know, I love being a Browns fan. And uh, I try to keep my perspective on it and not get too disappointed. And um, I am hopeful. I am very hopeful. I think we've got all the pieces to put it together. I think Stefanski has proven he's a, a competent offensive coordinator. Um, I think he can put together a competent offense. And he's got all the pieces. He's got no excuses. Um, Schwartz is definitely that guy. Um, I, I think we've got no excuses this year, and that's uh, maybe that's the theme no excuses for 2023. So that's my closing remarks no excuses for 2023. Yeah, sounds good to me. Good. So, good. Jeff, anything in closing? Yeah, I'm just gonna uh, go back to what Spider said earlier about uh, one and 31. 
and ask everybody to remember what our roster looked like back then. Um, mm-hmm. We were turning over the 53-man every year, almost completely. Um, we had nobody on extensions. We had um, very few pro bowlers outside of Joe Thomas. Um, we have a competent roster now. Think about how much progress has been made since we bottomed out and Spider started going to games. What we need to make yeah. sure is, is that Spider's at every game. So we'll take up a collection if we have to. Get him yeah, on that red get him on that red eye flight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb because this is the silly season, right? This is this is the, the fun oh, yeah. fun part of the NFL season where we can just have our hopes and expectations and dreams in the stratosphere. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm, I'm going to take, take agreement with spider on not finishing last. That's, that's as optimistic as I can be. I like the way you guys think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, everybody can, everybody can. Yeah, definitely. So it, it would, we got plenty of plenty more uh, time to talk about uh, where the Browns are going to finish before next season starts. So, so everybody <laughs> needs to give you a follow if they're not following you already. That's that's at Brown Spider Clee. This has been the Browns mm-hmm. Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.